0: and that is thyroid and hormone imbalances and how to get them balanced again. And my guess is a superstar in this arena. She is the thyroid fixer. Her name is Dr. Amy Horniman, and she is... Well, She's awesome. Honestly, I I love my conversation with her. She actually hosts a podcast as well called The Thyroid Fixer that I was a guest on earlier this year. A little bit about Amy. She's a doctor of clinical nutrition. She's a functional medicine practitioner, and she is the founder of the Institute for Thyroid and Hormone Optimization. And like so many people in the health space, when she wasn't able to find what she needed for her patients, she went out and created it. So she's got an entire line of supplements, and some of them have really unique ingredients that you're going to have a hard time finding anywhere else. One of those we talk about here, and that is T2. We all talk about T3, we all talk about T4, but not very many people talk about T2. So enjoy the episode. If you decide to access some of her supplements, you can go to DrAmyHorneman.com forward slash NAT and they've given our community a beautiful discount of 10% off of anything that you want in that store with discount code NAT10. So thank you so much for being here. Totally appreciate you guys. Keep those questions comments coming thank you so much for the reviews so far and if you're looking to reach out to me you can find me at natnidham.com you can find dr amy horneman on instagram and of course on her website which is dr amy we just have a quick word from our sponsor and then you're ready to dive deep into thyroid and hormone with dr amy enjoy hey folks just a quick minute to thank our sponsor for this episode Oxford HealthSpan, makers of Primadine, the only spermidine supplement that I personally use and recommend to my clients and family. Spermidine has earned a permanent spot on my longevity stack. Research has shown that spermidine positively impacts six of the nine hallmarks of aging, including protecting your DNA from damage as you age. Regular users also experience visible results after just one to three months, including better hair, skin, nails, and deeper sleep. I choose Primadine because it is the only spermidine supplement on the market that is free of any additives or excipients, while including a prebiotic to feed your own bacteria to make more of your own spermidine. And now, Primadine also has a gluten free version. To try Primadine, go to primadine.com and use discount code BIONAT15 to save 15% off your purchase. And now, let's get back to the episode. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Amy Henneman. Han- 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 I should have asked you how to pronounce your name before the podcast. I- Dr.
1: Amy is fine. Horneman is my last name, but just Her. let's roll with Amy. It would have helped if
0: I could have actually read my writing. Um, so <laughs> Dr. Amy, it is so great to have you here. I'm so excited about this conversation because as we were talking about before the podcast, thyroid, I, I don't actually remember the last time I sat down with a client who didn't have some kind of a thyroid issue going on. It, clearly, you do what you do because you figured that out a long time ago.
1: It's It's pretty prevalent. It really is. And there are so many... I'll I'll say women, people, but it mainly affects women walking around undiagnosed and they're
0: suffering with these symptoms and they have no idea why. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And, you know, I also I remember learning in school that one of the things they told us is that most women's thyroid takes a massive hit in pregnancy. And nobody takes care of it. And that may be why so many women, like, you know, maybe if we nurtured the thyroid through pregnancy and we took care of it postpartum, maybe they wouldn't end up falling off the cliff and having, you know, underperforming thyroids for the rest of their lives. And yet this is completely going, like, nobody talks about it. Nobody discusses it. And these poor women are left to struggle until somebody, if they're lucky, figures it out.
1: Definitely. Definitely. I, myself, I was misdiagnosed six times before one doctor even figured out that I had hypothyroidism Hashimoto's. And then from there we could get into the treatment protocols the treatment didn't work because they went with their standard of care. And so I think that's where a lot of women get pushed to the background because like you said, Nat, after pregnancy, it's called postpartum depression. Well, yeah. no, it's not. Your thyroid's a mess, or you just turned on that autoimmune switch for Hashimoto's because pregnancy is a stressor on the body. So any kind of stressor, perimenopause, menopause, any kind of hormonal shift, we can see a lot of thyroid problems express themselves. And when we get all of these symptoms of weight gain and fatigue and hair falling out, and they can't poop every day, and they can't think, and they think they're getting early al- Alzheimer's, yes. it's really just the thyroid
0: and depression. Depression. impression, yeah. That's the other. That's the other, and I think it's becoming like, you know, this pet peeve in this world. Of the minute somebody gets di- given the antidepressant, I'm almost like, this is a red flag to see what the hell is going on, yeah. right? I once, uh, I did an interview a, a while ago with another doctor who. The title of her interview was, "You do not have a Prozac deficiency." Like, you know, there's, <laughs> like, yes. there, there's a place for antidepressants for sure. But unfortunately, I think right now they're becoming, they've become the blanket, like the easy, uh, which is, and which, and what's worse, I think is they don't work necessarily if they're not being given to the right person in the right way for the right reason. That's right. All right. So let's dig into thyroid. I mean, I think that, you know, a lot of people are aware of the big symptoms of thyroid, right? Cold hands and feet. Um and, and I wonder if maybe today what we'll talk about is underperforming, but there's also overperforming thyroid. Like there's that there's that sweet spot we've got to hit, and you don't want to be on either side of it. But but the most common symptoms, which unfortunately mimics so many other symptoms, is the constipation, the depression, the hair loss you just mentioned, um, and so much else. But what are the other ways that people can tell that, you know, I really need to get my thyroid checked? Yeah, have- it's just
1: that yeah, it's it, it's that conglomeration of symptoms, right? And and usually the big ones that I hear from my patients are I'm gaining weight rapidly, I cannot lose weight no matter what I do, and the fatigue, just the crushing, crushing fatigue. And they've tried all the supplements, they've tried the B, they've tried the D, they tried all those things that are supposedly great for energy. And they are just dead tired, cannot function. So I think when you're at that level, if you have that conglomeration of symptoms, including the ones that you mentioned with the constipation, depression, hair loss, then it's time to get it checked. It's time to look into your thyroid yeah. and then, okay, now we have to step into, well, how do I get it checked? What tests do I need? And if you go to your doctor and you say, Hey doc, you know what? I have all these symptoms, boom, boom, boom can I get my thyroid tested? Because I heard somebody talking on a podcast and she said, go get your thyroid tested. Yeah, And your doctor is going to be like, yeah, sure. And they are going to run two tests. They're going to run TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone. And they're going to run maybe free T4. Now that gives us a small little snippet. And listen, if your TSH is blown out of the water, you're getting flagged, then okay, your doctor might stop and say, you know, hey, it looks like there's something going on here with your thyroid. But there are other very, very important tests that need to be part of that full panel. And you need to specify which tests to get to your doctor or they're not going to be run. And that's the only way to get that full picture of your thyroid health. Yeah. So
0: I love it. And and it's so true. And I mean where I live in Canada, you sometimes have to fight. Tooth and nail to get them beyond yeah. TSH. Um, I mean, you might get T3, T4, but good luck with RT3. Good luck with the thyroid antibodies. Like, good luck with any of this other stuff, which is, it's kind of baffling, right? Because it's, it's a little bit like, well, why? <laughs> why, don't, why? Why is this such a problem? And, and even sometimes when we're willing to pay, we get told, yeah, no, you don't need that. Yeah. Like, I do actually, you know, and I mean, that's a sign to go get another doctor, but it's not always easy for people to go get another doctor. So, so let's dig in a little bit to some of these. Actually, before we dig into the testing, let's talk a little bit about why, why thyroids such a nightmare right now? Like, why is it that so many people, whether they realize it or not, are suffering with, with thyroid issues? Like, do you, you know, because I'm like, I'm sitting there going like, there's something really, is it the water? And it could be the water. could be the water yeah.
1: There's so many, and, and, and there does seem to be an uprising of autoimmune conditions across the board. So when we're looking at thyroid, you have to know that 95% of all hypothyroidism, so low thyroid function, hypo, low, and slow, hypothyroid is- The autoimmune condition, Hashimoto's 95% of all cases of hypo is Hashimoto's. So it's our immune system. I always give the analogy of having these little soldiers. And these little soldiers, they're just confused. They think your thyroid is a bad guy. So they go out and they attack your thyroid gland. That's your that's autoimmunity for anything. If you have rheumatoid arthritis, your soldiers are attacking your joints, you know, on and on. So with Hashimoto's, your soldiers are attacking your thyroid. Now, what causes those soldiers to go, Hey, look, there was an invader. Let's go attack. It can be stress. It can be toxins, underlying co-infections like Epstein-Barr virus is a huge one. Most of the time when I test my patients and I go, okay, yeah, you have EBV. You had mono at some point in your life Like, I did. Yeah. Like, yeah. So did 90, 90% of all of us. So right. Epstein-Barr virus is a big one. And then we can get into estrogen dominance. So estrogen dominance is a huge issue because, and, and we have so many xenoestrogens in our life, and our environment with the plastics and the pesticides and everything that you put onto your body before you even leave the house, all those toxins can fall under the category of xenoestrogens and that estrogen dominant situation in a woman or a man will yeah. also turn on that, that Hashimoto switch, that autoimmune switch. So we might, you might have a predisposition. Maybe you have autoimmune in your family and it's just laying dormant. You don't have any issues until, until, until you go through a pregnancy or a hormonal change or a huge stressor or a, a big viral load infection or Epstein-Barr virus kicks up or you're just exposed to so many toxins and chemicals, that that alone is enough of a burden and a stressor
0: on the body to turn that switch on. Yeah, that's so. That's so interesting. And what about you know? So a lot of people talk about gluten being an issue for the thyroid. Yes. What about that? Where's that coming into play, and how important is it, or is it one of those things where it may be the straw that breaks the camel's back? Because I think what I'm hearing from you is we, we and I mean we know this, right? We get away with a lot, and people don't necessarily. I don't think we we know we necessary. I don't know that people necessarily. Um, what's what I'm looking for? They don't necessarily appreciate how much crap their body puts up with before they finally express a symptom. Right? I often refer to the body as MacGyver. It's going to try and figure it out. Right? With all you know, the bad foods, the crappy fats, this, that, and the other thing. It's going to try to cobble together a solution, but then there's that one thing, whether, as you said, the pregnancy, the, the, the one last toxin, the, that stressful event in your life, the, and frankly, even now with COVID, like how many people have fallen off the cliff because they had that one viral infection that their body just is like, throws up its hands and goes, you know what? I'm, I'm over it. I'm done. I can't deal with one more thing. And yep. that's, pushes them over. So tell me about gluten. Like what's the story there?
1: Yeah. So here's the fascinating thing about gluten. It really is not just another fad thing to do, right? It's not just another, another hack. Gluten, the gliadin protein actually looks like the thyroid gland. We call it molecular mimicry. So remember you got those soldiers. Now you eat gluten. So your soldiers are on watch and they go, Hey, there's this thing coming in the body that looks like that invader, the thyroid, that bad guy that we like to go out and attack. So we have more invaders coming in. Let's go. And then they start a war. So every time you eat gluten, your soldiers are going out and attacking your thyroid. Now, let's think about it. If you were beat up every day, would you work well? You know, would you function well? Would you be able to, like, clean your house and get the kids to school and go to work? And do? It? No. So if your thyroid is getting beaten up every single day because you're like, ah, that gluten free thing, that's a bunch of BS, then you are literally destroying your thyroid gland and you're reducing the amount of thyroid hormone that your thyroid is producing or was producing before it got beat up every day Right. without that thyroid hormone. You don't have a metabolism. You don't have energy. You don't have brain function. You don't, you don't, you don't have a lot of different things because the thyroid is the master gland. So that's why it's so important to be gluten free when we have, well, really everyone should be gluten free in my opinion, but especially when there is the presence of autoimmune, i.e. Hashimoto's, because you are going to further spur on that attack,
0: that war on your thyroid. Yeah, no, that's such a, and you know, it's, it's, it's such a crazy conversation about gluten because there are two camps. There's the nobody should eat gluten ever because really there's no value in it to begin with. And then there's the other camp that says you should be able to eat gluten. And I think what we don't recognize again is, is gluten one of those things that our body naturally evolved to be able to deal, to need to deal with? And, you know, I don't know the answer to that. I don't, I'm, you know, I don't know the answer. I do think that if we, if we consider that a human evolution like when did gluten get in, in, introduced into the human diet? And it would have been relatively recently, right? Right. So, and not to mention all of the horrible things we've done to gluten foods. <laughs> That's what I was going to say is just the denaturing
1: of, because what I have heard, I haven't traveled over to Italy, but what I have heard, even celiac patients, celiac can go to a different country, eat bread and pasta and not be affected. And that is that gluten molecule in its most pure form before it got so destroyed through food manufacturing over here.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So, okay. So gluten, I mean, I've been to Italy and Europe and the thing with me is I don't react to gluten. I don't react to gluten. So here's the interesting thing, right? I don't I don't feel so I'm not celiac. I don't feel that I react to gluten, but who knows we were talking before that I have you know kind of a subclinical underperforming thyroid like the rest of the planet yep. uh, And is it possible that when I'm overseas, even though it's not setting me running to the bathroom, that it's another one of these microaggressors? Right, it's like a microaggression. Death by thousand cuts is what you were kind yeah. of driving earlier, right? It's those yeah. little chips away at the thyroid that just doesn't help it to stand up and do what it needs to do. So the all of the drivers, all of those things that we talked about, which is really the environment we're living in, in addition to stress and the foods that we eat. So, what's the testing? Let's talk about the testing, and then maybe, and I know that. I really want to touch on this forgotten thyroid hormone. So I don't know if you want to talk about that before the testing or after the testing, or if it's part of the testing. It's not part of the testing. So let's, yeah, let's talk about the basic thyroid test you have to get,
1: and then we'll get into then what you can do about it, medication supplements, and then the different hormones that are important. So testing. So we talked about TSH, we talked about free T4. Now it's important to remember the two thyroid hormones that your thyroid produces, the main ones are T4 and T3. So when we test for T4, T4 is inactive, totally inactive. You do not have one single receptor site on your cell for T4. You only have receptor sites on your cells for T3. So T4 has to go through this conversion process to become T3. Then it can get to the cell and make a happy cell because it can attach to the receptor site. So we want to test for free T3, that free unbound, ready to be converted T, I'm sorry, free T4, ready to be converted. And we want to test for free T3, which is the active thyroid hormone. How much do you actually have in your system that can get to the cell? So free T4 and free T3 are the two most important. You can get the totals of those two, total T4, total T3. They're helpful, but I really like to look at the free form of that. Then we go on to reverse T3, which I know you guys in Canada, man, you have to beg for that. You got to pay for it yourself if you can, like you said, like, my God, reverse T3 is so hard to get. And yet it's so vital. Reverse T3 is the antithyroid hormone. Mm-hmm. It is built into us For a survival mechanism. Like we want it there, right? We want it there. If you're laying in the ICU, the ER, your reverse T3 is going to go up because our bodies are so smart. The body knows that as you're laying there trying to survive, you don't need to burn fat. You don't need to have energy. You don't need to go run a race. You don't need to even grow your hair. You just need to live. So reverse T3 goes up in order to shut all body functions down.
0: Mm -hmm. So when
1: reverse T3 is high and we're walking around, well, that sucks
0: you know, we're in survival mode. Right. So extreme stress can drive up reverse T3. And with that stressor could be physical. It could be emotional. It could be any, it could be chemical. It's all of what we've been talking about all along is what could drive that RT3 to be high now.
1: Okay, cool. So, we have those. And then the antibodies. We got to throw in the antibodies because we want to test to see if you have Hashimoto's. So, you want thyroid peroxidase and thyroglobulin. Those are the two antibodies. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen testing where doctors only test one. Just remember that you have two, just two antibodies to test for Hashi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because
0: it's only half the story. And then off you go thinking you're fine and you're not. So let's let's before we move ahead, let's talk a little bit about the chain of command because some of the things that people have been told is if your adrenals are pooched, they're gonna drag down your thyroid. And I think again, it's in response. The thyroid's like, well, we can't be running full steam ahead if we know basically the body's like, leave no man behind. And if adrenals can't keep up, then the thyroid's gonna be like, okay, we got to pull back. And if the thyroid is down, is the, are the adrenals also like, I mean, is that a double feedback loop kind of thing or because we have the adrenals and the thyroid, we've got the hypothalamus that gets involved here because it's the one sending the signal to the pituitary gland, which is in turn sending the signal to TS via TSH to the thyroid. So You can, you can un- unravel that little mess I just presented. You. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we said before
1: that T3 is the active thyroid hormone. T3 needs cortisol. Cortisol needs T3. So, you know, we, we tend to demonize cortisol a lot. Like, Oh, I have high cortisol. Well, let's make sure that you do first, but cortisol is needed for life. Like we don't want you to have bottom that cortisol. That's not a good scenario whatsoever. So when T3 is, In the right amounts, whether you're taking a medication that contains T3, you're taking T3 itself, you're you're taking T2 that can convert to T3, or your thyroid is just healthy and it's producing its own amount of T3 that is great. Then proper cortisol production can happen because the adrenals, they're like, okay, there's been signaling, we're okay, we're going to produce you know a little bit higher cortisol in the morning, it's gradually gonna go down throughout the day as we look at that cortisol curve. But the problem is when there's not enough T3 the adrenals can do one of two things. Either they pump out more cortisol, cause it's like, wait a minute, there's not enough active thyroid hormone here. This person has no energy, they can't even run. Maybe if we pump out more cortisol, it'll bump up T3. And then over time, that's when we see the cortisol drop down cause it can only pump out so much. Right. You know, your body eventually goes, all right, enough is enough here, what's going on? <laughs> so then eventually without enough T3, cortisol then starts to drop low. Now, the nice thing is when we start to treat a low T3 situation, a hypothyroid situation, not optimized, then we see cortisol start to respond. So I'll have patients that have maybe that low cortisol in the morning, and then they're good through the day. I go, okay, well, we're just going to dose your thyroid medication right at this time so that that T3 comes in and gives a little bump to the cortisol. Now your cortisol goes into the right arena where we like to see it when we test it and now you're good. So we can use T3 to increase low cortisol, but we have to make sure that the thyroid is functioning well, or the adrenals will eventually overproduce and then underproduce.
0: Right. You're going to have so much fun with my labs. I think the last time I ran a Dutch, my cortisol was a flat line, which is, oh, but but you know, what's weird about that. And and I want to talk about this a little bit too. What about people who are kind of asymptomatic? Like I I mean, I mean, look every I would love to drop a few pounds on my own. I have peptides for that, yeah, yeah, but you know, I'm hacking into my system. I shouldn't need peptides to drop a few pounds, so, but my cortisol is super low, but I'm not tired if anything okay. I'm like I'm running on all cylinders, so. What about the people who on paper, and this is another thing I hear about a lot, is don't treat the numbers, right? Look at the person in front of you. Like sometimes, and I know from running people's genetics, there are some people who need a higher TSH to run well. And then there's other people who actually function genetically, seem to function better at a lower TSH. And some predisposed to be better converters of T4 to T3 and other people, yeah, not so much that pathway is not super optimized. Yep. So, you know, for you, what have you seen like in, in terms of that stuff, like the person sitting in front of you and then looking at the labs going, "Hmm, okay, is it just that I'm going to fall off a cliff one day? <laughs> or, right. You know. How do you feel are
1: those four words that are just not said enough in the medical system, no matter what medical system you're in? Your your provider, your practitioner, whoever you're working with should be asking you, how do you feel? Because that really gives us insight into which direction we have to look and what we have to do with you to truly optimize you. Do we have to optimize your thyroid? Do we have to look at your sex hormones, which you probably should anyways? You know, insulin, all of that cofactors, nutrients, iodine. So we want to look. We always want to ask that person, how do you feel? So that's a that's a big big, big question that should always be asked, huge. Then we pair that up with your labs. Then I can go, okay, well, Matt, you know what? Your your free T3 is not optimal. Uh, Your reverse T3 is a little bit elevated. It's starting to climb. So that now matches up with what you're telling me over here of just, I just need to lose a couple pounds. Like my energy is good, but maybe I need to lose a couple pounds. Not every thyroid patient person Will have all of the symptoms. Like I had the weight gain. I was getting ready for a, a figure show back in the day, way, way long ago in my 20s. But I was getting ready, you know, the chicken and broccoli gym twice a day diet. And I was gaining weight and I wasn't in starvation mode. I think, I, but that was when I was being misdiagnosed with a thyroid problem. And the weight literally went up 25 pounds. And I was a little bit tired, but I didn't really have any of the other symptoms except for that one that was driving me crazy. So you might just have one or two symptoms. And I always call it optimization land, right? I mean, we want to live in optimization land. We want to be the best badass human that we're meant to be. So you don't have to just chalk up a couple of symptoms. Ah, I'm just getting older. I, I, I just have to learn to live with it. No, like, I mean, through the advice that you give on your podcast, we know that you can do things to live an optimized life. So why not do it? Let's take those couple of symptoms, even minuscule, and let's, let's figure out exactly what is causing that.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And I mean, we, you know, we sing the same song for sure. The you're just getting older. I'm like, every time I hear that, I'm like, Oh, come on. Like, You know, and, and, you know, it's true that there was recently a meme, and I don't know how old it is, that was going around that showed, um, I think it was Betty White, one of the Golden Girls, at 50 versus today's 50 yeah. Oh my God. Like 50 in those days was old. Yeah super old. And so people were kind of, they had, they were, they were being fed the story. They had bought the story. They drunk the Kool-Aid, like they were aging in many ways before their time. Whereas now, and I say this to people all the time, like we expect to age differently and we want our cake and we want to eat it too. We want to look amazing. We want to perform really well. We want a sharp brain and we want to be hiking when we're 80. Like we're going to want it all. And if I can't hike when I'm 80, take me out. Exactly.
1: exactly. Well, wait, didn't you just say on a podcast that the, and I didn't know this, my grandma would always watch Golden Girls. The, gold, the Golden Girls, when that was being aired, their ages in that show were like 50s-ish, the same as what we see with Sex and the City. Like you can put those two, didn't you say like you can put those two next to and the Sex and the City girls are the same age as the Golden Girls. And it's like a world of difference.
0: Yeah. I don't think it was me that said that, but that is the perfect perfect visual because, and I mean, look, I even look at my mom, which is interesting. And, and it shows us, I mean, we're getting a little off topic here, but it shows us a little bit how much mindset and attitude influences how we age as well. Definitely. It's how we take care of ourselves, what we're told, right? If we're being fed the story that you're just getting older, deal with it. You're going, you're going down. See you later. Mm -hmm. Or do we believe in our heads? And you know, it's funny, like my parents are in their eighties, they're still working, they're kicking ass. And they're sitting there saying to me, well, I'm not moving into that old people's home place. It's full of old people. And I, laughed yeah. at the day, and I said, okay, like not to be rude, but you kind of are old. <laughs> yeah. And, but what they're saying is those people act old. And you mindset. Yeah. Right? Of it's mindset. So I, anyway, I did, I'm total sidebar, completely off topic. I apologize. But I just, I find that so fascinating. And part of it is, it does feed into the thyroid story in the sense of, we accept feeling subpar. Uh-huh. And that's why... So often, you know, the in conventional medicine, you know, we kind of get we get stuck because we we believe that this is how we're supposed to feel. We we believe that it's supposed to be harder to lose weight when we're in our 50s and our 60s than it might have been in our 20s or our 30s. Although, as you just told us, it can be really hard to lose weight in your 20s too, right? Right For, for all the right reasons. And and or, you know, our hair is supposed to thin and get dull or whatever the case may be. So it's It's you know, I think it's so important for people to understand that there's so much you can do to feel amazing no matter where you're at. Yes.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's all about being optimal. So when we're when we're even looking at the lab values, we have to look at it from a functional, optimal standpoint, not just yeah, you're normal, quote unquote, because that's another big one. Oh, you're normal, you're fine, you're just getting older, you're normal. And it's like, wait a minute, normal is one thing. That's, that's your falling into that huge standard lab value range that was taken from a bunch of sick people. What mm-hmm. functional medicine does is we take the fit, the healthy, the, the, the people in their 80s that are still kicking ass. And we go, let's test them mm-hmm. and figure out what ranges to use. And that's why that functional lab value range is so much more narrow than what you'll see on your labs. But that's where we know you're going to feel your best. So we have to get you into those optimal lab value ranges, not just normal.
0: Today's sponsor is obsessed with mitochondria and their impact on how we age. Their research has shown that by supporting mitophagy, the process that our bodies use to reduce damaged mitochondria and make healthy ones, we can protect cells from cellular decline. Even more exciting, their research shows that supporting mitophagy in older adults, they were able to significantly improve muscle health and performance in just two months. And we can all agree that improving muscle performance and health is critical to longevity and healthy aging. So how did they do this? 10 years of research by the folks at Timeline Nutrition has resulted in the discovery of Urolithin A, the active compound in MitoPure, a revolutionary supplement offered to you in three different forms that gives you a therapeutic dose of Urolithin A a delicious vanilla protein shake, my personal favorite, a berry powder you can add to yogurt and smoothies, or convenient capsules for travel. I personally love the three-month trial that allowed me to try all three of these. Within just two months, I could feel my gym workouts getting easier and my body responding to the effects of those healthier mitochondria. To try MitoPure for yourself, just go to TimelineNutrition.com forward slash NAT10 and use code NAT10 to save 10% off your order and now let's get back to the show and i know that there's variation here of where people different people will function well but you know can you are you able to share with the audience a little bit of what should we be looking for on a tsh a free t3 t4 you know what you know on rt3 what is a danger sign kind of thing i mean we don't want any of the thyroid antibodies is my my guess here right right uh, you want those at zero yep we give, are you able to give people, it's still going to be arranged, like not everybody's going to be at the right, the same place. Yep, absolutely. So TSH
1: is pretty standard, no matter what country you're in. So we can say TSH less than a two is right. optimal. And now there are some functional practitioners that don't like it suppressed, but if we look at the, the basic physiology of the body, if I'm treating your thyroid and we're getting you optimized and I give you any kind of NDT medication, like Matt, you said you're on NDT. I bet even if you're on a small dose, we look at your TSH, it's going to go down. It's, it's suppressed because of that HPT feedback system. You know, the hypothalamus talks to the pituitary, pituitary talks to the thyroid and it just says like, hey, all right, we're good here. There's no thyroid hormone, so it lowers TSH. So we really like that lower. TSH is that only, one of the only tests where high means low. So as your TSH starts to climb, 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 your thyroid is going lower and slower. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's getting more into that hypo state. Then when we look at free T4 and free T3, those lab value ranges can vary With even amongst the different labs in the U.S., let alone different countries. So the way to go about that is for the free T4, and this kind of gets into different scenarios, but free T4, we want almost mid-range, maybe a little up. Free T3, I want in that upper quadrant of the range and sometimes even over just a tad because you are not hyper- meaning that like that high functioning, like too much thyroid hormone being produced, you are not hyper with a low TSH. You are only hyper with a sky high free T3, an elevated free T4 and a super suppressed TSH. And then you also have all those hyper symptoms. So don't worry if that free T3 bumps a little bit higher than the the cutoff on the lab value range. We want it in that upper quadrant maybe over. Reverse T3 is also universal. doesn't matter what country you're in. You want it less than a 12. That range will go all the way up to 25. I don't care. You want it less than a 12. If it's above a 12, you're having conversion issues and your body's going into survival mode. And then the
0: antibodies we want at zero. Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. That's super helpful. So now let's talk about the different ways we can help our, our thyroids, right? Yes. 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 Okay. All right.
1: There's
0: nutrients, there's foods,
1: there's all the things so much. So we start with just getting you optimized on medication. And when we talk about medication and and I'm talking about you truly, we look at your labs, you have a thyroid problem. You have the symptoms, you have the numbers to go with it. Like there's actually something going on here. So then we, I I want you to think of thyroid medication is thyroid hormone replacement therapy. Just change it in your head. Cause there's a lot of you out there that go, I don't want to take medication, right? When we are replacing hormones that are no longer being made by your body, that's a good thing. If you needed insulin, cause you're a type one diabetic, you're not going to be like, no, don't give me that insulin. I don't want to take medication. No, you're going to take it to live. Yeah. Same thing with thyroid hormone. You're going to take it to live. So we want to replace that T4 and T3. We want to get those numbers in the optimal range. So there we use medication. And in addition, in order to maybe even just keep you on the lowest dose possible so that we don't have you on a sky high dose of medication or thyroid hormone replacement therapy, then we can use things like T2. That's the forgotten thyroid hormone that is in supplement form. And I'll tell you, I'll dive into a little bit more about T2. We'll dive into more about iodine because low iodine levels increase reverse T3. Then we can get into those nutrients magnesium, selenium, zinc, even proper vitamin D levels Mm -hmm. are very, very important. And those are very easy to add into your life, add in as a supplement regimen to get those numbers up into the optimal range. So I'll back up. I'll go back to T2, the forgotten thyroid hormone. People are going to ask, can you test for this? The answer is no. They have not yet developed an assay outside of the scientific studies that have already been done to look at T2 They haven't developed an in general for everybody test, but we know that it is produced by the thyroid. We know something very interesting about T2 is that it drops in pregnant women. When we test pregnant women, when we test their T2, it drops down because it is so metabolically active. It increases your basal metabolic rate. And in pregnancy, the body, again, being smart, knows that pregnant women don't need to be burning body fat. They need to actually maintain a weight, maintain their, their body fat, actually gain some weight in order to feed the life growing in them. So T2 will decrease in, in pregnant women. We can measure it there. And there is a little bit of T2 that is in natural desiccated thyroid medication. So we know it is contained there, although it's, it's very small amount, right? When we look at T2, the hormone T2, it is so fascinating. It just fascinates me to dive into the studies. So number one, we know it increases based on metabolic rate. They did a study on, they did a lot of study on rats, but the studies done on humans showed that the introduction of T2 used for 28 days resulted in a 4% decrease in body fat. Now, 4% is big when we're talking about a decrease in body fat. So when we saw that, it was like, hey, this is fantastic. And when you look at the mechanism of action, What it's doing is it's stimulating brown adipose tissue. That brown adipose tissue is metabolically active. That your brown fat is actually good. We want that. We don't want to get rid of our brown fat. We want to make more and we want to turn the white fat, you know, the squishy, like, I want to lose this. That squishy fat, the fat that causes metabolic disease, that causes obesity and diabetes and cardiovascular issues, we want to turn that into brown fat. And there's a ton of mitochondria in brown fat. That's actually what makes it brown, which is really cool. There's a ton of mitochondria in brown fat. So when you stimulate brown fat, you activate thermogenesis or the burning of your white fat. So the basal metabolic rate goes up with the administration of T2 without any thyromimetic effects, meaning... You will not see your numbers change and we don't want them to change because we don't want your doctor going like, Hey, what's going on here? Your TSH is suppressed and, and, oh, it looks like you're hyperthyroid. No, it's not going to affect your thyroid lab values and it's not going to cause any cardiovascular side effects that can occur if you administer too much T3. And that's why a lot of doctors are a little bit wary of doing T3 medication or NDT because they're like, oh, that T3, you know, it it can cause some, yeah, it can increase your heart rate. It can increase sweating. It can increase your blood pressure. So we obviously want to be very careful with the dosing. If we are using thyroid hormone replacement therapy, we want to, we want to be careful of the dosing, but that's the beauty of T2 is it doesn't cause any kind of effect like T3 can cause. So I have patients that are very sensitive to T3, Even if we go up in tiny little doses, they're like, oh no, I'm I'm getting jittery. I'm anxious. I'm sweating all the time. I just don't like this. I can't sleep. So we can use T2 to still get that fire burning, to still stimulate ATP production, to still stimulate brown fat. And then they get that basal metabolic rate increase. So they burn more fat over time without any kind of jittery or cardiovascular side effects.
0: Wow, T2 sounds amazing. It sounds... It's like like, it sounds like the mom. like, I want to <laughs> bring it. <laughs> it's so cool. And you know,
1: sometimes a really good source of info are bodybuilders, right? Because they've done it all. they've experimented. They're like the original biohackers, right? So I heard one uh, professional bodybuilder talking about what he uses with his clients getting ready for shows. And he even went into, I mean, we know that T3 can be abused and it can be used off label to stimulate body fat loss and to lose weight for a show. He goes, I don't use T3 with my my girls. He's like, there's no way. Because what it's going to do is it's going to shut down their own thyroid. They're going to end up hypothyroid after the show. They're going to put on 30 pounds after they're done. He goes, I use T2 because it's not going to shut down their thyroid and they're going to burn fat like crazy. So it, it was interesting to hear like, a bodybuilder talk about it too, because they'll use anything.
0: Well, it's so funny that you say that about bodybuilders. Like I said that over and over again, like a lot of the original data that we get on peptides is from bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. They will stop at nothing to get to that finish line.
1: Oh, yeah. They're the OGs of peptides for sure. Yeah,
0: exactly. They are The ultimate biohackers because they've been at this for decades. Yeah. Right? and, and, Sometimes they suffer from it, like the steroids and the, you know, they sometimes take it a little too far, but right. some of these guys are nothing short of brilliant. Like they, they can manipulate the body processes like nobody's business. So, okay. So what about, so we talked about this. What about the foods, foods? And is there anything else we missed? Oh, iodine. we want to talk about iodine. We need to talk about iodine because I live in the middle of a place where there is no iodine. I eat Celtic sea salt, like I've been told, like I, but guess what? There's no iodine in my Celtic sea salt or not enough. Um, Plus I don't use that much salt. So let's talk about iodine in my Lugol's iodine drops. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Iodine, when you start looking up iodine and hypothyroidism Hashimoto's, you will find the functional medicine community split. It, It might be closer to like a 60, 40, 60 pro, 40 con, But you'll find that the the opinions of iodine completely divided. So I always say, let's go to the science. Mm -hmm. Let's just go to the science. So we know that the thyroid gland, actually every single cell in your body needs iodine. So the use of iodine is very protective of your your immune system. It's breast protective. We can use iodine to decrease fibrocystic breast disease. We can implement iodine for hair loss. World War II soldiers carried iodine for everything, for everything, any sickness, any cut, any wound, any, any whatever. So iodine is very universal and that it's antiviral, antimicrobial, antibacterial, boost the immune system, very protective, but your thyroid gland needs it too. So when we're talking about T4, T3, T2, we talked about all the T's. What that means is it's like, you know, picture a little ball and you have iodine atoms on there. Mm-hmm. So T4 has to convert to T3 by the body removing an iodine atom. T3 can convert to T2 by the removal of an iodine atom. And then actually an iodine atom can actually come on to T2 and plop onto it to become T3. So it's kind of fascinating when you look at the the, the process, but the bottom line is you need iodine. If you listen to one of the, the biggest iodine experts, Dr. David Brownstein, yeah. he tells his story. He was in Michigan. He was just a, a GP, general practitioner in Michigan. He's like, you know, I kept seeing all these patients come in and- they had thyroid problems. And like, I had no problem giving them thyroid medication, but I thought, what's the cause of it? Now I live on Lake Erie. So we are in the Gorder belt. And he was like, you know, I think it's low iodine. I kept testing for iodine, everybody was low. You know, we're in this goiter belt of low iodine. So he started giving his patients iodine and they were getting better and they were dropping their thyroid medication. Some were coming off their thyroid medication. Their, their symptoms were getting better. So when we look at the fact that every single cell needs iodine, your thyroid needs iodine, it's protective, it's immune boosting, it protects against breast cancer. I mean, my God, why wouldn't you add it in? Now, can we go overboard? Yes. So just like anything, iodine got a bad rap when you had this group of these group of practitioners that were heavy, high dosing it. And then, yes, some people would go into a thyroid storm, they would go hyper, they wouldn't feel well because iodine detoxes too on the periodic table. It's a halide, it's going to bind to the crap that we want out of your body, anyways, like fluoride, chlorine, bromide. But in doing so, you could feel a little detoxy, you could feel a little icky. And, and people weren't liking that. And then that's they got into this, no, iodine is bad kind of scenario way of thinking. And it's just not. When you look at the science, it is so vital for every function in your body.
0: Wow. So, so iodine, so interestingly enough, I, so with fluor, you, it's mentioned that it's interesting. You mentioned the other halides, the bromine, the fluoride, uh, the chlorine, like all of the eans, um, yep. because these do present a problem. So like, for example, my husband's a swimmer, right? So yeah. And then it's pickled in chlorine. Yeah. Even people who are switching over to bromine, they think, oh my God, it's so much better than chlorine. And it kind of is, but it's not because we're going to absorb these things through our skin and they're going to end up displacing iodine. But now by reintroducing iodine, is it going to bump those guys out? Yeah. Yeah. So have your husband take iodine because it's going to help with his
1: toxic burden of, of chlorine in his body.
0: Right, right. Okay. That's interesting. I was, I, th- I was under the impression that fluoride and chlorine and bromine were strong, like they had a stronger bond. And so they were displacing the iodine, but it's really, I guess it's more of a case of the body hates a vacuum. And if it doesn't have iodine, it's going to go to the next best thing. It's a little bit like fats in the cell membrane. If it doesn't have healthy fats, it'll use what you give it. Then you end up with stiff dysfunctional membranes because right. the wrong fats are incorporated.
1: Right. Exactly. And those, those halides that you mentioned, they are all toxic to the thyroid. Yeah. So when overexposure occurs to those, the, you know, chlorine, and I mean, we did fluoride tablets as a kid. Oh my God. So when overexposure occurs, then iodine is going to drop. And now we, that's another root cause of increased thyroid conditions is just exposure to the halides too.
0: Well, and fluoride in the water. I mean, I I still, like, I shake my head. I just don't understand. Like, it it drives me a little bonkers. So so about the Lugol's iodine, right? So these are iodine drops. They're dark, dark brown. One of the things I've been doing lately, and, you know, the first time I did the test, so it's the test, and you drop four drops of this dark brown liquid on your arm. You rub it into the arm. It leaves the inside of your forearm looking orangey brown my fingers will be orangey brown. And the idea is you do this at night. And if you wake up in the morning and it's, and it's gone, it tells you that you need more iodine. And if you're still stained, then your body didn't kind of uptake it as efficiently. You don't need it as badly. Well, I can tell you my iodine disappears within the hour. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So take it orally too. So drop it in a little shot glass. It's going to taste like you're drinking a band aid. put a little bit of sea salt in there and just just slam it down do a chaser, but take it orally a couple times a day and then just gradually kind of increase your dose. You don't want to take too much too fast, yeah. but maybe you start off with two drops, four drops. And then you ride that out for a week or two and then maybe you go up to six drops, eight drops. And you'll kind of know, there was one time I squirted too much out and mm-hmm. I went, ah, that's all right, I'll just take it. And I was kind of like a kid on candy, like too many cups of coffee. So you yeah. know, if, if you hit a dose where you're like, Yeah, I was a little bit amped up today, then just back off to your last dose.
0: And so is the arm test valid though? So then would I, over time, as my body kind of loads up with the iodine, would I see that brown stain stay longer when I do it? Like how accurate is that test really? I've always wanted to ask a thyroid doctor, like, is it myth? Is it reality? Like,
1: what's the scoop? Everything I have heard says that it's not that accurate. Uh, Now I was interviewing... Uh, a gentleman that does hair mineral analysis. And, you know, I mean, sometimes when you interview someone, they they say that one thing and it sticks and you're like, Hmm, that's it. He go, I go, well, do you test for iodine? He goes, you know, we don't test since every single cell needs it. Why test just take it. I'm like, Oh yeah. Good point. So, <laughs> You know, I mean, you can test. You could even do. I mean, there's so many arguments of, about the validity of testing. Whether you do a provocation test, a 24-hour urine catch, um, blood, it, it, the the arm test. I mean, there's there's so much argument as to even just the validity of iodine testing that it's like, just take it. Right. And if you get if you get twitchy, back off. Yeah. Back <laughs> off. You can take some vitamin C too. And that's where the importance of salt is. So uh, even as you're first starting taking iodine, use more of that real salt, the Celtic sea salt, use more of that because that's actually helping the iodine to bind to the toxins and excrete it out your body.
0: Okay. No, that's really interesting. And it's interesting with the salt, like, you know, it's interesting about the HTMA because those guys, what I love about hair tissue mineral analysis um, practitioners is they never look at one thing. They're always looking at ratios and it's that I think it's the thing that it's one of those, it's a bit like all this stuff you're talking about thyroid. Like it's not just one thing. And in HTMA, it's never, is your calcium too high or your magnesium too high or your zinc or your copper? It's what are the ratios? Because sometimes high magnesium really means that you're low, but it's just that you're too high in something else that's displacing it. Like it's, it's actually really complex. I, yeah. an HTMA specialist myself. And she had this great certification course to become an HTMA specialist. And she goes, Matt, like, why don't you take the course? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to just refer people to you and leave that, you know, that's your zone of genius. I'm all good. Same. <laughs>
1: I'm the same way. I'm like, I don't have the brain capacity to learn that testing at all. That is, you're right. They are like
0: geniuses on how they piece that together. It's super complex, right? So, all right. So, Where do I mean, I have so many other questions. So let me quick fire a couple of other questions to you. And then we don't have that much time left. So I want to make sure that we've hit all the points that you really wanted to hit, because I know you've also got really amazing thyroid supplements that you've developed in, you know, in in a vacuum, like when you're not as a practitioner, when you're not seeing what you need. This yep. is when we get the most amazing supplements, right? From people like you who are in this space, who live, eat, and breathe it and go, look, we are not seeing what we need. So I'm, I'm going to create it, right? Yep. But two questions for you. Fasting and thyroid and cold exposure and
1: thyroid. Mm-hmm. Okay. So fasting and thyroid, remember, so I always tell my patients, do intuitive fasting. If you wake up and you're not hungry, Don't eat. If you wake up and you're like, wow, why am I so hungry? It's only 7 a.m. This is crazy. That's not a day to fast. Go ahead and eat. Make that a non-fasting day. You don't want to force a fast. And and listen, we're type A's. We can easily get down that rabbit hole of like, today I'm going to do a 24-hour fast no matter what. And that's just not good. That's a stressor on the body. So we talked earlier about stressors, turning on that autoimmune switch, Any kind of stressor is going to affect cortisol, which then we tied together with the T3 and thyroid function. So you don't want to put an undue stress on your body just to achieve some biohack goal. And fasting is one of those that it it can be dicey. Now, does it have a tremendous amount of benefits? Absolutely. With thyroid, any kind of thyroid condition, I normally see insulin resistance with that. So we know that fasting helps with insulin resistance. It helps lower the insulin, which high insulin will increase reverse T3. We don't want that. So yeah, fasting can have its absolute benefits. Put it in, really tune in and listen to your body. Listen to those hunger signals. Ask yourself, is this hunger or habit? Because if you're just getting up and eating breakfast because you did it for the, you know, 40 years of your life, then that's probably not a good thing. Maybe you do want to actually try some intermittent fasting to take calm your digestion, take down that insulin, let everything chill out and work better, but you don't want to force it. So there's a fine line there with fasting and the thyroid for sure. Cold exposure, love it, but love it. It's another thing that activates brown adipose tissue. So when we were talking T2 earlier. Anytime you can activate brown adipose tissue you are doing your body good. You're decreasing your risk of insulin resistance, metabolic disease, obesity, cardiovascular issues. And then you're just giving your body that really quick, cold stress that that just, I mean, it protects your brain. It decreases your risk of Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is tied to insulin. I mean, it just has so many benefits. So I'm a huge fan. I say, do it, go for it. It's only gonna help. It's not gonna hurt.
0: It's only gonna help. Okay, good. Well, you know one one thing on the cold exposure. Did you ever read Tim Ferriss's The Four Hour Body book? No, I didn't. Okay, so he talks, and Tim Ferriss is all about, or at least at that time, I haven't I haven't dug into a stuff in a while. But he was all about at the time. What's the least I can do of one thing to get the most benefit, right? What's What's the minimum effective dose? And one of the things he figured out after sitting himself in a tub and making himself like virtually hypothermic <laughs> too many times. Yeah out that in adults, the largest deposits of brown fat actually live around the top of the shoulders, right? And the back. And that's why when you're sitting in your ice tub, it's important you guys to get up to your neck, which you don't want to do. But you know what? Once you're in, in for a penny, in for a pound, just get in there. Because where a lot of the existing brown fat is, and I think brown fat begets brown fat. But anyway, once he figured this out, he actually figured out that he could get as many benefits by just putting like ice packs across his shoulders. And so he would, right. So he would sit, nobody talks about this anymore. I'm like, where did this information go? Why is nobody talking? Because I, you can't sell a tub around it. But imagine if you could sit and watch TV or whatever it is that you're doing and just have like this ice pack around your neck. And as we're speaking now in the UK, they're having this psychotic heat wave, right? It's, it's a hundred degrees in the UK and none of these people have air conditioning. It's, it's got to be, you know, I'm, we're just going to wait for the for the media to come out about the, the human cost of this heat wave. But imagine if people could just get these, this ice and put it across their shoulders. So anyway, it's just a, a little hack for people who either can't or won't actually get into the ice. Yeah, that's he, great. I love that. Yeah, he figured out that this actually, it's not as good as getting all of your body in the ice, but it's pretty good. It gives you a lot of the same benefits. To so
1: watch Netflix with an ice pack around your neck. There you go.
0: There you go. All right. I want to, I know you have to run, but before you do, I know that you put your brilliant brain to work and said, okay, we need supplements that are not available on the market. So talk to us about that.
1: Absolutely. So three, five diodo l is T2. So we just, you know, shorten it down. We say T2, but it. I did, I have been actually using this ingredient with my patients for decades and the research is out on it. So I thought, you know what, we have to, we got to bottle this because there's so many, if I'm working with a patient, obviously we're going to work to get you optimized, but there's a lot of people that are on their own. I mean, I was on my own when I was being misdiagnosed. I was on my own when I gained 25 pounds and there wasn't anything that I could just do to increase my metabolism, get this fat off, get the weight off, improve my thyroid function, increase my energy. And this is it. So that's why I, I came up with a thyroid fixer. It's part of the fixer line of supplements, low testosterone would be a whole other podcast that we can do with women. Oh, that's another issue, but yeah. Thyroid fixer contains that three, five L Very hard to find on the market, bottled it. Now it's available to people just to purchase and we ship to multiple countries. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to be sending you some, I, I, can't, send you some that. I
0: can't wait. I can't wait. So, um, I think, I mean, what else would you like to leave people with? I just know that we're running out of time. I want to be respectful of your time. You have six minutes, you told me, on the clock. So I want to hand over those six minutes to you, Dr. Amy, and I'm I'm inviting you to close the podcast with the, the clinical gems that you want to leave people with.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you. I know I, lo- I, I, I could talk forever too. This has been a blast. So <laughs> the biggest thing is number one, you know what? Pay attention to your body. Listen to your body. I felt like my body was literally rebelling against me and that I had no control. When you have symptoms, those are signs by your body, little flags, you know, your body's going, Hey, there's something going on here. Why don't you look deeper? So don't ignore them. Don't blow them off pay attention and really listen to your body and then dig deeper. So you said earlier now, if your doctor says no to testing, it's time to get a new doctor. hundred percent. If they won't do the testing that we just talked about today to get that full picture of your health, then what's the point? How are they going to help you if they don't even want to know the answers? So keep going. Yeah. You might have to go into the functional integrative space, work with a, with a specialist, But just keep going because there are answers out there and there are people that can help you. I promise you that. There are people that can help you. Reach out to me. We can work together, whatever you need. But don't lose hope and don't stop. What if I would have stopped at doctor number two? What if I would have stopped at doctor number four? I wouldn't even be here with you today. You know, I'd be on my couch, like 300 pounds and depressed. You have to keep going and not lose that hope. You have to listen to your body. You have to get all the testing done. And then we really have to get narrowed down in the treatment. So I use a term called both and when I'm talking about how I treat pain. We're going to do your thyroid and do hormones and look at your food and look at your supplements and look at your lifestyle and look at your sleep. You have to look at that full picture because you can't do one without the other. I could throw all the T2 at you that I want. I can throw thyroid medication at you. But if you're over here going to McDonald's, if you're not sleeping, it's not going to work. Everything has to work together, keeping your blood sugar under, under control that has to work together. So it's, it's about testing, listening to your body, not giving up, having hope, plugging away, and then really getting the proper treatment protocol. When I say treatment, that doesn't necessarily mean medication, but just the treatment protocol that is actually going to get you into that optimized space.
0: Love it. I love it. All right, Dr. Amy, where can people find you?
1: You can go to my website, dramyhornman.com. You're going to be on my podcast, the Thyroid Fixer podcast, so that you can listen to me there, hear me spew all things, thyroid, hormones, all that kind of fun stuff. And then on my website, if you do want to work together, you can click the book a call. And if you want some of that Thyroid Fixer T2, you can click on shop and grab some of that.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. This was, I'm so excited to have another conversation with you. (laughs) Definitely. I could keep chatting for a long time. So it's been a total pleasure. Uh, Thank you again. And um, I'm looking forward to chatting again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the biohacking superhuman performance community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.